Are you experiencing disconnection in your relationship? Do you feel like you're constantly struggling with the same unresolved issues? Are you having difficulty managing strong emotions? Or would you just like to know a little bit more about therapy? We've got you covered. Welcome back to Spilling the Therapy with therapist Kathy Dan Moore and grief coach Jess Lowe. Hey, Kathy Dan. Hi, Jess. How's it going? It's going good, except for my neighbor's getting a new roof behind me. Oh, so, so they're probably, it, it's loud. It's like, it's not like super loud for me, but the dogs are like huffing, you know, it's all like all day. So if anyone hears yeah. any hammering, I'm so sorry. I've tried to like get in the spot where like you wouldn't hear it, but. They're finishing up today. So hopefully they'll oh, be done good. by this afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. New roofs yes. are expensive. Yeah. And we've had like four different roofing companies in our neighborhood over the past month trying to get everybody to get new roofs. And I'm like, it's hurricane season. Like, oh. <laughs> you know, and also like our neighborhood's like a major no soliciting neighborhood and they're knocking on doors at like 7 30 PM. Like it's a little late if you're going to be. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. And, I don't like to answer those doors anyway. And like yeah. Doug will answer, he'll entertain him, but we have I doors don't. that are glass. And I'm like, I don't care that they see me in here. I, I'm not, yeah. I don't want to do this. So yeah, I don't like it. I mean, our neighborhood has like no soliciting signs at every entrance and <laughs> they still do it. And somebody's not yeah. leading. Yeah. So but anyways, what do you have going on today? Well, we're going to jump in quick today because yep. I'm excited. I am leaving here to go home and pick up my mom. And we are driving up to celebrate Lily's birthday with her in Tallahassee. That's so cool. Y'all are having I a great know. time. I'm very excited. It's quick. We're going up yep. today and back tomorrow, which would be good because then it gives me some time to work and do some stuff over the yeah. weekend. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's just but jump in since your mama's, your mama's right. waiting for you, I think, in the lobby, right? So yeah. let's go I know. She's ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're talking about navigating the stages of romantic relationships. Yes. And this is specific to romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. We're not talking about friendships, although I do believe there is a an arc and a timeline of what happens with with friendships and self-disclosure and how that gets us closer. But today we're talking about romantic. Yes. So, and I can't count the amount of times that couples who have come into session and they they say, I want my spark back, or I yeah. wish we had the same excitement that we had in the beginning of our relationship. So I hate to be a dream crusher here, <laughs> but that's, it's not going to happen. Our bodies release a chemical um, oxytocin when we first meet someone and, and we're physically attracted to them. Right. So this is like physically your body is acting different and there is not a steady state of oxytocin that's going to be available for you, your entire relationship. Right. Absolutely. So people can sometimes get stuck in the unhealthy cycle of ending a relationship once they deem it stale or boring in favor of finding something new and exciting. So that's kind of what we're we're going to talk about a little bit yeah. today. 
So because the new and exciting, it does become stale if you don't understand that a relationship has a natural progression and it Mm -hmm. takes work. They say it because it's true. It takes work. So, (laughs) so although the intensity of attraction that's experienced in the beginning of a relationship can diminish, it really can be replaced by connection that's more meaningful, more joyous, uh, deeper. Yeah. So we thought it would be a good idea to share with listeners some information about the different stages of relationships, help normalize some of this for people, and then how we create more meaningful connection, no matter Mm -hmm. what stage you're in. So you might be in the early stages of hopped up attraction, all hopped up on attraction. Ooh, um, so and, hot. Maybe, <laughs> and maybe wishing, um, or you might be in a stage where you're wishing that you could get that back. So yeah. you might not be able to rekindle the same kind of fire that you have in the beginning, but, and you won't, right? It's not right. going to be the same, Yeah. but you can create something more profound. Mm-hmm. So all relationships are different and they all move at their same pace. So we're talking in a little bit of generalities here. Yeah. Um, but one thing is the same that all relationships do change and they do morph. Mm-hmm. So unless you're ending your relationship in the honeymoon stage, which we're going to talk about and break down the stages, that's the first one. I promise you, your relationship's going to change. Yeah. <laughs> so let's break down what the different stages of relationships are. And then I also want to note that it depends on who you ask and what what terms they use for stages. Like when I'm mm-hmm. looking at some of the literature on this, some people have 10 stages. Some people use really clinical terminology. Some people, I mean, so it's really different. I picked like five to describe it that I think are kind of generalized. Um, but, but don't get, you know, you're not going to find these vetted in a diagnostic and statistical manual of mental health. Don't get bogged down by the titles. Right. For sure. For sure. You want to kick it off with the honeymoon stage? Yeah. So the honeymoon (laughs) stage. So this generally lasts up to six months after the start of a relationship. Um, Mm -hmm. but you, you know, working with couples, you said that you've seen it last from three months up to 15 months, but six Mm -hmm. months is like sort of the average. Um, So during this stage, your brain releases a flood of dopamine and norepinephrine, two neurotransmitters (laughs) responsible for that giddy euphoric feeling that you get, right? You're like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is the one immediately. Um, Dopamine is involved in your brain's reward system and the reward, it makes you crave the company of that other person, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So right. this is that stage when everything just seems amazing, even though you're still getting to know that other person, you both might feel you found the right one. And despite things still being more on the surface level, you have the sense that you understand each other deeply. Both people are generally on their best behavior. <laughs> and I think people who get a real high from this dopamine stage might be those that could be labeled relationship hoppers, right? Because yeah. they're always looking for the next big dopamine hit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you're in the honeymoon stage if you feel euphoric just by thinking of that other person. 
um, but red flags, right? So people can simulate this feeling that everyone, that everything the other person likes, you like, and it feels like you share the same perspectives. It can look like alignment, but you're operating from an idealized perspective. And when I yeah. saw this, I was thinking about like Runaway Bride, which we talk about Runaway Bride, yes. we love it. But like the egg thing again, like, yes. oh, he likes scrambled eggs. So I like scrambled eggs. He likes first yes. eggs. I like first eggs. Um, and exactly. then, you know, you know, you also tell your clients that this is a stage where you're actively looking for the things you like and align on. Um, yeah. that you also encourage couples to work on this intentionally, right? When they feel like they're struggling to connect. Yeah, that's part that fades, right? So, right. So in the beginning, it's just so damn easy to find all yeah. those things you love about the other person. And then that becomes a bit harder later yeah. in the later stage. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And a second red flag is that people might ignore other relationships and interests in their lives when they're in that honeymoon stage because they're focusing all of their time and energy on that relationship. So it's important to maintain those other relationships in your personal life, despite feeling like you want your end all be all focused to be on this new relationship. Yeah, that's hard. I, yeah. you know, you see a lot of like, uh, really, I mean, not just high school, because it happens all through your life. But you see a yeah. lot of times in high school when people all of a sudden, they're like, oh, they're always with their boyfriend or they're always with their yeah. boyfriend now. They've totally forgotten about our friend. Yeah. Group. And it's like you just become tunnel vision for that person. Yeah. yeah. And then dun, 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 you have the uncertainty stage, which is the second one. So this typically is like six months to up to two years. Yeah. Um, and this stage, we're going to break down a little bit more later in the podcast, yeah. but it really can be the toughest one for people because the honeymoon phase is just so dang blissful. So mm -hmm. where everything seems perfect and you have all those feel good hormones kicking around, those are going away. Right. Yeah. And so in this stage, you start to notice the things that irritate you about your partner. <laughs> yeah. Like, wait, what? You're not really perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> So, and then at this point, questions start to pop into your head. Like, is this really the right person for me? Um, and I think people can really catastrophize a relationship in this stage. So remind yourself that your partner has flaws and so do you. And you may notice that you're fixating on the flaws. So kind of take a pause and look at it instead of those flaws. How do they make you feel overall and kind of yeah. refocus on that a little bit, but we'll break that one down a little bit more. And then after that is the adjustment stage. And that's after two years. Um, so at this point, you start to recognize conflicts and incompatibilities that are more difficult to navigate. Um, this might include cultural differences, religious practices, your family's culture and morals. So it's important to mm -hmm. look at if these are challenges you foresee being able to overcome, compromise and accommodate in order to, for the relationship to transition to a long-term relationship. Um, mm -hmm. So this, you know, this stage is really important to start looking at your communication styles, how you handle conflict, what your relationship needs are and how you both express and accept love. Yeah. And I'd like to put a shout out for this is a really good stage to go to couples counseling. I yeah, mean, I'm not I'll pushing couples everybody, but like this is, you can have these really like deep, healthy conversations in this stage mm -hmm. that will save a relationship. And I think what happens is sometimes people just try to skip over this 
you know, they're going through it. They may be having doubts, but they're not truly investing intentional time and conversations into this stage. Right. And, you know, I think, you know, also just thinking about like what you see in the world, you know, and friends and family, maybe your own relationships, even in the past, that a lot of people get hung up on that that honeymoon stage and they jump right into getting married in that first six months yeah. or, yeah, or don't moving do that. together. And I mean, to each their own, but this is kind of a guideline to help you like work your relationship to a healthy level so that yeah. when the stage is right for you and the moment's right for you to make those big decisions like that, you'll have a better, um, you know, a healthier, stronger relationship. So yeah, I tell people that, um, you know, that stage got skipped in COVID, right? Yeah. So many people decided to move in together. And I will just tell you that my business boomed in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it really took off. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and that's saying, you know, that's because people skipped doing any of the work ahead things. of time. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you know, we just want the best for everybody. And also, you know, if you're, if you're rushing that, like you don't really get to know all these things about people, like maybe they crunch their chips too loud and that's like, you know, things like that. So, you know, just little things. So it's important to give yourself that time. And if they're the person for you, they're going to be the person for you in a year or two years or, or whatever it is. Right. Exactly. And the adjustment stage is like the cultural differences are big. Those are the ones that Mm -hmm. the crumping crunching the chips, we can probably navigate around. (laughs) The ones that end up in marriage counseling are the (laughs) ones that haven't really looked at values and morals Mm -hmm. because that is what will go the distance. Oh, for Um, sure. And then the fourth stage is commitment stage. So that's Mm -hmm. after two years or more years later, depending on, you know, pace and tempo of each couple. But Mm -hmm. this is when we start to accept each other's flaws and find that the positives you're getting from the relationship really outweigh the difficulties. And there's a level of comfort that sets in. So you can embrace the concept that, okay, I'm in a long-term relationship. This has legs. And, you know, at this stage, some couples experiencing a diminishing experience, a diminishing of sexual intimacy. This is pretty common. Mm -hmm. So that's usually what I'm seeing in in session that, you know, they, they might be really happy with a lot of other areas. They might be co-parenting at this point, and but but the lack of sexual intimacy. So it's important that as the excitement and passion of the beginning stages begin to dissipate, that you really continue to continue to look growing how you can grow your connection. Right. Can you shake up the routine and be vulnerable with your partner so you can continue to deepen the relationship. Right. Yeah, for sure. And then the acceptance stage that's after five or more years. So this is the final stage. Um, This is really that golden nugget stage for couples because you experience a level of connection that provides safety and security. The relationship provides support as you focus on your own personal goals. Also, Um, your partner is your go-to person for emotional support because of what you've worked through together in those previous stages. Um, So Mm -hmm. in this stage, it can be frightening to think you may lose your partner. So make sure you continue to invest in each other's, you know, in other relationships in your life. So you aren't solely dependent on your significant other. And I think that that's a big one um, for many people. 
because you want to do, I mean, yeah. you know, you want to do everything with your, with your best friend. Your, if your partner's your best friend, it's hard to be like, yeah, oh. but you have to make those, you know, those times. Um, and, and I've seen just- people who have lost their spouse, mm-hmm. you know, I've said, I think before, as I get older, my clients get older too. <laughs> um, but I see, I've seen it with people who lose their spouse and it is very, very difficult to have resiliency after that when you have limited your outside support system outside of your spouse or partner. Right. For sure. Um, and looking at this, I'm like, dang, me and Jason went through all the stages before we got married. <laughs> we hit yeah. year five and got married. So we worked hard on that relationship yeah. Yeah. before getting married. And, you know, so did Doug and I. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and and especially with you, because you had children and, and Jason had children. So it's really yes. important to make sure that you're making sure, you know, that they're the one. I talk you. about, yes, with blended families. Like, I get it. You guys are so excited. You got out of this marriage that wasn't serving you. And now you're in this relationship and it feels so awesome. Slow your roll. Thank you. <laughs> you have yes. children. You have other things going on. I promise you this like amazing feeling you have right now, that shit's not going to last. So you right. better make sure you're doing all the other right. stages and investing in these conversations because you've got yeah. kiddos. Right. And, are- you know, it's okay to take your time because, again, if they're the person for you, they're still going to be the person there. for you. They're still going to exactly. be there. So don't rush yourself for sure. Yes. Yes, I, we're putting a lot of exclamation points. After that. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the second stage, the uncertainty stage, yeah. and just do say a couple things about that because this is a little bit of the make or break in a bl- in a blossoming relationship. So, what yeah. are some of the things you think are important for people in that stage to focus on? Um, I would say, I don't know. I, I feel like. For me, like focus on what you can control is a big one because you can't control yeah. everything. Um, yep. Is that one? That's one of the ones on your list. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, working on working on trust, the trust level, because I know that we see that so, so much, you know, um, being the client coordinator at your counseling group, a lot of the messages that we get in trust is like the number one thing, trust and communication, trust and communication. Um, yeah. So maintaining that trust, working on that trust and maintaining it, I think is a definite big one for sure. Yeah. And I think accepting what's going on, right? If you want to survive mm-hmm. the rough stage of the relationship, acknowledge it. <laughs> so the best thing you can do is accept that it, and be like very present focused rather than future focused. This is where we are right now. Let's acknowledge that this part's a little bit bumpier, that we're coming out of something that felt amazing and just be very real about what we're experiencing. So we're talking about how we want to navigate this together. Yeah. Um, And then also like take note of your feelings, you know, like Mm -hmm. listen and embrace how you're feeling. Um, So avoiding a negative emotion buys you short-term gain at the price of long-term pain. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Open up about it too, right? Don't bottle the feelings up. So Mm -hmm. that's important as well. And don't question, I think, if they're right for you. Ask if you're right for them. So even if you're dating Mm -hmm. someone great, you might be wondering, like, are they the one? Are they the one? That's the question we seem to always ask. Are they the one? But instead, maybe ask yourself, are you the one for them? 
Do you mm-hmm. feel comfortable with them? Do you get along with them? Do you respect them? Oh, because yeah. if you ask those hard questions and the answer is like, I don't think so, it's not about if they're right for you. Have some self-esteem around what you deserve and what you think is going to work for you. Are you, is, is this a good fit for you? Yeah. Yeah. And um, to go back on maintaining trust, um, you know, to achieve that trust, you know, you need to prioritize that spending time with each other. Um, you yeah. need to be committed and consistent. Um, be there when they need you. Be more engaged and responsive and set boundaries as necessary. Those are all important in order to achieve that trust when you're trying to build um, and maintain that trust. Right. Yep. And have fun. Right. Yeah. We, we want to remember to have fun. You don't want to hold yourself back because of the uncertainty that you're feeling. So mm-hmm. dating is supposed to be a fun experience. So the time that you spend with each other helps determine if you're going to move forward in the relationship, but enjoy it while you're going through it. Exactly. And I did want to talk about a book because we love the Gottman's, right? Gottman yes. Institute, but um, the love prescription, I don't know if you have it. Um, I don't a, have it. It's like a quick it's like a quick seven day thing that you can do with your partner, but it's seven days to more intimacy, connection, and joy. And it's really cool and interesting and it's not very thick. So it's not like you have to read too much. You can read it a day at a time for each day, but I'm going to link that in the show notes too. um, Because we, we all know the Gottmans are like the gurus for relationships and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to link that in the show notes. All right. Anything you want to add before we get to our ask and answer? I think I'm ready for asked and answered. Okay. We have Michael in Frisco City. Um, he says, my wife and I have been married for 12 years. I recently found out that during the third year of our marriage, she cheated on me, but hasn't since. I can't seem to let it go, even if it was almost a decade ago. Any advice on how to move forward? I do love her and want to be with her. But in the back of my mind, I constantly think she is going to cheat again. That's a valid feeling. <laughs> Yeah. And the first thing I would say is that it might've happened a decade ago, but in your mind, it just happened because you just found out. So let yourself off the hook about when it happened. This is new information to you that your mind is just now starting to process. So, and then really have a conversation as if it just happened because Mm -hmm. the discovery is timely and You get to start asking all of the questions and if she wants to stay in this marriage, and we've talked about this in the infidelity, um, Mm -hmm. you know, episode, but then she needs to be accountable for answering those things. And I, you know, I've been talking a lot about accountability. I think we have such a negative word, like a negative connotation around accountability, like you need to be accountable. But it just means account for. So Mm -hmm. account for what was going on at that time, you know, and and be honest and transparent about what was happening. I'd I'd be curious to know more information of why it surfaced now. um, Yeah. Almost 10 years later. But but I you are allowed to treat it as if it just happened because for you it did. It did. Yeah. And give yourself grace. Um and yeah. she needs to give you grace and you also need to give her grace to give, to have that conversation um, in order yeah. to have an open, you know, open line of communication. And then also uh, reach out to a couple's counselor because that's what they're there for. They'll help yeah. you, you know, dig through and, and, and figure everything out. And at that point, then you can decide what's best for you. 
um, in the long run. Yeah. And look at what was going on in your lives and in your relationship at that time. And then a real solution focused perspective. Why didn't she cheat again? Right. Did she have buyback into the marriage and what was happening for her and what was going on in the last decade that she stayed faithful and, and turned back towards her husband? Right. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, good luck, Michael. Good luck. All right. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. This will help us move up the chart and be more accessible to new listeners. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll drop tips and information about upcoming episodes. If you have a question for our asked and answered segment, email us at askus at spillingthetherapy.com. Don't forget to check out our new website, spillingthetherapy.com. We'll continue to add resources and information there. I hope everyone has a great weekend, especially you, Kathy Dan. We are your hosts, Kathy Dan Moore and Jess Lowe. And join us next time. We're going to talk about grief and life after loss, where we'll be breaking it down one sip at a time. The podcast you heard today is for educational purposes only and does not replace the advice you may be receiving from a licensed therapist. 